Welcome back, sister friend. If you are new here and this is your first time tuning in, I'm really excited because we actually have a special Bible study series happening this month. Today is day one or week one. And this is actually a study that we would have done inside of our community on Facebook. However, the Lord led me to really do this on the podcast instead. And he showed me that I needed to teach on Philippians. So over the next four weeks, you'll be able to tune into this weekly study on the New Testament epistle, Philippians. Now, before we jump in, I want to make two announcements. The first is that if you listen to the last episode, which is when I basically told you that you are in your own way, I also shared that at the end, sometimes you need that person to keep you accountable. You need someone to hold your hand along the way. And quite frankly, many of you are not doing things on your own and just making a a verbal commitment is not enough. You actually have to put your money where your mouth is. So if you're ready for one-on-one support, I am here for you. I'm taking on five clients only. And you can email me at erica at herrenewedstrength.com, E-R-I-K-A at herrenewedstrength.com. The second thing I wanted to share is that I am so pumped. If you're on my email list, you know that I've been waiting to share this on the podcast. I actually was waiting to even share it in email, but we are hosting a virtual event that is going to knock your socks off for real. I'm going to talk about it at the end of this episode. So stay tuned till the end because it's going to be awesome and it's completely free. I'm excited. I hope you are too. So grab your Bible, grab something to take notes with, and let's do it. You're now listening to Her Renewed Strength, the podcast, a place where you, my sisters in Christ, are encouraged to walk by faith and equipped to live well, steward well, and set your minds on eternity. I'm your host, Erica Diaz-Castro, your Jesus-loving Puerto Rican life coach. If you're tired of living a life burdened by anxiety, burnout, or overwhelm, if you're ready to do more of what you love, create more space for the things and people that matter most, and better steward the gifts and resources God graced you with, if you want coaching, encouragement, fellowship, and just a friend to help you shift your perspective from the temporal to the eternal, you're in the right place. Grab a coffee, journal, and a pen. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to the party, and let's dig into today's episode. All right, so I'm just going to dive right in. We are in the book of Philippians. This is an epistle written by the Apostle Paul, an epistle by the Apostle. (laughs) And Paul was writing to the church at Philippi. They were church that was in one of the cities of Ephesus, and they were a pretty prosperous Roman colony. Uh, It was actually a very important colony or city in Macedonia. They produced primarily gold in that region, and they were located on the main highway that led from the eastern provinces to Rome. And that road, it's called the Ignatian Way, ran along the city's north side of the city's forum and was the primary cause of their prosperity and political importance. So these guys actually funded Paul quite a bit. They would send contributions and he shouts them out for that. We see his affection toward them 
throughout his letter. So there are two primary themes we see in this book. And the first is endurance amid strife. So we'll see him talking about unity and kind of, you know, exhorting them in that sense. We also see him talking about growing in affection toward God. I would say that that's a big theme regardless of who he's speaking to because he touches on his experiences and persecution and really how you can continue to still love and rejoice in the Lord. The main theme that I want to focus on today is really what it means to live a life worthy of the gospel. And that is one of the sections in this first chapter of Philippians. So today we're going to be focusing on chapter one, and I'm going to be reading out of the NIV translation. So let's look at verse one, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And that partnership he's talking about is essentially them, you know, what we would consider today like tithing. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That day of Christ Jesus is oftentimes, you know, thinking about when he will return. Okay. So just keep that in mind. And I'm sure that you've probably heard someone say, God always finishes what he starts. That probably is coming from this verse six in chapter one. So we're in verse seven. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart and whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Notice that the day of Christ is mentioned again. Verse 11, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Verse 12, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. So what is he talking about? What happened to him? Basically, Paul is essentially sharing that his suffering, his persecution is really being used by the Lord to spread the good news, right? So he was often imprisoned. <laughs> and, um, you know, the the interesting thing about this is that a lot of his letters are written from prison. So considering that, imagine you being in, in prison, like, would you be sending all of this positivity and encouragement out 
maybe, right? Especially when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. But it is just, I think, especially powerful to hear from a person who is going through what some might consider the hardest days of their lives and see that they are still in this place where they're fully trusting in God and fully submitting their worries to the Lord. All right, verse 13. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. See, I'm going to pause there. That's what I'm talking about. Seeing someone who's suffering and going through it, right? And they're still able to rejoice and to put their trust and faith in Jesus and and see that there's goodness even in the hard times, right? Like that gives other people fuel to have faith in the Lord. That fuels other people's trust that encourages others. And that really serves as a, a huge tool for evangelism, quite frankly. All right. Verse 15. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. And that's just to pause there. Think about Romans eight twenty eight, right? All things happen for the good of those who love him. It's not to say that like the outcome will be so great, but it is for the betterment of the body of Christ. Okay. Now, really quickly, I just want to just pause and go back a little bit. If you see in verse 18, he says, what does it matter? Who cares if these guys are preaching out of false selfish ambition, right? If they're not sincere, because Christ is still being preached. We want Jesus to be known. We want the good news to spread, right? And if people are, think about YouTubers today, like if they're just on a platform or worship, you know, bands, if they're just out there doing things because they want to make money or whatever it is that they're looking for, they're still talking about Jesus. And ultimately his name is still being glorified and known. So that's a really important point and something that is actually still relevant for today. Verse 20, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. Verse 21, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet, what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. So if you pause there and just think about your perspective on death, Paul is saying it is way better to die because I'll just go be with the Lord, right? So if you have lost a loved one and your loved one 
knew the Lord, walked with the Lord, loved the Lord, you can rest assured it's not really a sad thing that they died. Like they're with Jesus, you know? However, Paul admits that he has work to do still, and that is why he needs to stick around. You know, I'm reminded of a friend of mine who passed in April. It contributed to the depression that I experienced and and just the heaviness that I was carrying around, right? But I remember thinking in the moment that I felt sad, it was like I found out that she passed because it was very sudden. And I used to talk to her every day. It wasn't like one of those friends that's like, oh, hey, like, how you doing? Like, we would lean on each other a lot. And man, she was on fire for the Lord. Like, if you knew her, yo, you would have loved her instantly. Her laugh, everything about her. Like, what we think about when we lose someone is how much we miss them. That's why we're sad, right? But instantly I was like the thought of me being sad was interrupted by excitement for her to be in the presence of God, to be with Jesus, right? And that's so good. It's like, how how amazing. She's in a place where there's no suffering or sorrow, right? And how can we be sad about that, right? What we're mourning is our own loss, our own desire to have that person near to us. So that's really what Paul is touching on there. Verse 25, convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. When verse 27, and this is where I really want to spend some time, all right? Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, that you will be saved and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. So let's talk about this word worthy. What does it mean? Well, it comes from the Greek axios, which means merit or recognition. So if you are receiving this letter, from Paul. And he's telling you to live your life, conduct yourself in a manner that merits the gospel or recognition of the gospel of Christ. It's really a message that he's sharing to encourage the brothers and sisters at Philippi to ensure that what they do and how they do it points people back to Jesus, right? Because ultimately, we are following Jesus. We're not just cool with him, right? Like we are living lives for him in intimate relationship with him. And the reason I wanted to really focus on that particular verse, which is Philippians chapter one, verse 27, is because the word worthy actually tripped me up. And I was like, 
are any of us worthy? Right. But he's not telling them to be worthy of salvation. You're not. No one is. He's saying to live a life worthy of the gospel. Worthy meaning, you know, having that recognition. Okay. And it's basically saying that their behavior would merit recognition of the gospel of, of Christ. Right. And I pray that not just over myself, but over you today and always, because truly what we want is for our thoughts and for our heart posture and our actions to honor and glorify Jesus, right? To align with him who we serve. That word, stand firm, it's come up a couple times since I've been studying Philippians. And I, I love it because it reminds me, as most things do, of like physical training, right? When you train physically and you want to, you know, exercise in a way that leads you to be stronger and have endurance and and just be fit, right? And just be ready. It requires that you move in a way that is essentially practicing to be strong and have endurance, right? So standing firm is really strengthening yourself, right? And that Greek word is actually steko, steko. I haven't taken Greek, y'all, so don't come for me, but it means to persevere. And the reason I think about training a lot is because like, that's, you know, it's like what I do for my health and for enjoyment. And it's just a really good example an everyday example of practicing a lifestyle that leads to strength in spirit and strength in your physical body. And I think that the Lord uses that for me to better understand how I can walk with him in a more strengthened and bold way. So how might you act? What might you consider adjusting or strengthening in your own walk so that you are living a life worthy of the gospel, so that the life you live, the behavior you exhibit actually merits recognition of the gospel so that you would be associated with Jesus just by how you act. What might you consider in your everyday to either continue to do, right? Maybe you're just like becoming even more encouraging or what might you do in your relationships, right? Maybe you're you're more patient, or maybe you are more gentle, compassionate. Part of what we do as Christians, quite frankly, is speak the truth in love. And I think that sometimes we're too focused on speaking the truth that we miss that love part. So for me personally, I know that I have been, especially since studying Philippians, wanting to really hone in on on speaking the truth and love in a way that mirrors Jesus. Jesus didn't sugarcoat things, but he wasn't rude, right? That for me, that's like just me being vulnerable. That's where I'm kind of focusing my efforts, especially because, you know, the Lord gave me some skills. He gave me communication skills, and I don't always use those skills to glorify him. Sometimes I use them as a weapon and that's not okay. So, That said, I want to know from you, what are you going to focus on? What gifts are you going to use for his glory instead of 
kind of using them as weapons, whether it's intentional or unintentional. You can head to the community to share. We're going to have a post going in there, just really trying to facilitate more of a group discussion and engagement. So head to hurrynewstrength.com forward slash community if you're not already on the inside. And I would love to just hear from you. So before I end today, I want to just thank you for tuning in. And I also want to share that we are officially going to be opening up registration for our very first annual renewed conference. And this is going to be a virtual experience that we host in November. Head to hurrynewstrength.com forward slash conference. This is a free event. It's going down November 6th to November 10th. There are 10 speakers, including myself, who will be teaching, encouraging, and just adding so much value in all areas, including Bible study, including home life. We've got an interior decorator uh, who's going to be presenting and just so much, so much goodness. And it's free. I'm excited. I hope that you'll consider joining us. We have a a private community where we'll facilitate discussions and fellowship. We've got a Zoom party happening on the 10th, and you can actually watch the sessions at your leisure on our private platform. So hurrynewstrength.com forward slash conference, get yourself registered. You'll get all the instructions on how to get set up inside of our platform so that it's easy peasy lemon squeezy and you can glean as much as the Lord will allow you to. So I love y'all. I'm grateful for you. And I hope that I'll see you inside of the conference. And if I don't, I'll see you on the next one. God bless you. Hey, sister girl, if you love today's episode, the best way you can show love and support is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other Christian women who want that same support and valuable content actually find the show. Oh, and if you're ready for more and you want to learn about free group Bible study, upcoming events, free courses, and other services, head to HerRenewedStrength.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter to become an insider. You'll get my weekly top five extra tips and bonuses. I'll see you on the inside.